Are you looking to take your team to the next level and lead to your full potential? Then Leading with Purpose is the show for you. It's an hour of empowerment with your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Nathan is a business and leadership development coach, public speaker, and author. He's also the founder of Clutch Consulting and a member of the John Maxwell team. Nathan's purpose in life is to empower others, and that's how he helps businesses and leaders grow. He specializes in leadership training, improving communication in the workplace, and creating high-performance teams. So join Nathan and this week's guest as they provide you with the information and tools you need to effectively lead yourself and others. It's time for Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. Here is your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I am your host, Nathan Mitchell. You know, I'm extremely excited that you've decided to spend a portion of your evening with us. I mean, I know your time is valuable, but we have a great show lined up for you tonight with a great, great guest who I will be introducing to you uh, just shortly. Before I share something with you that's been on my mind recently, which I do each and every week, I want to let you know that in addition to listening in live to tonight's show, you can always download the podcast directly from iTunes or by visiting us on the web at leadingwithpurposeradio.com. You know, I also encourage you to get plugged in to what's going on at my company over at Clutch Consulting. You can do that by visiting me at www.clutchconsulting.net. I promise you'll find plenty of great content on leadership, communication in the workplace, and talent management, so you ultimately have an opportunity to lead others more effectively, achieve superior performance in your organization, grow your business, and empower your team. If you've read my book, Give Me the Ball, Winning the Game of Entrepreneurship, which you can get at Amazon.com, you're well aware that I have a huge passion for entrepreneurship. I even look back at my career in college at Missouri State University. I was a student of entrepreneurship. I studied small business management. And ever since then, I've had a passion for entrepreneurs and small business owners for a really long time. You know, I've been interested in their belief systems, their behaviors, uh, the fundamentals of winning that they engage in on a regular basis that ultimately help propel them to the level of success that they achieve. You know, and as a leadership trainer, speaker, and author myself, I, I long to share what I've learned with others in empowering and insightful ways in an effort to help them achieve their goals and dreams of being a successful entrepreneur, growing their business, and ultimately leading to their full potential faster. And that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to start this radio program. And at the end of the day, there's no better way to get great information than going directly to the horse's mouth. You know, in, in the world of academia, so much of what we learn is theory. I want practical application. I want practical knowledge that I can share with all of you, my listeners. And that's great advice from extraordinary people who have been there and done that. You know, entrepreneurs who have experienced it firsthand, the ones who have struggled through the adversity and have ultimately passed through to achieve great success against all odds. And I'm sure you're aware that most startups fail. And even those who are able to defy the odds and ultimately win at this game we call business, they still encounter adversity and obstacles along the way. And that's why I'm super excited about tonight's guest. On tonight's show, uh, we're going to explore some fundamentals that can improve anyone's chances of getting in this game we call entrepreneurship and winning for the long term. And, and we're going to do that with the founder of Ugg Shoes, uh, Mr. Brian Smith. And, and with that, I would like to tell you a little bit more about Brian uh, before I officially invite him onto the show. But at 29, Brian Smith decided that a life in public accounting was not for him. 
So he quit his job. He went to California to look for a new business idea and to surf. Uh, he, soon he soon noticed uh, that there was no sheepskin boots in California. So he and a friend uh, got together. They brought six pairs from Australia to test them. And so Ugg Shoes was born. And over the next 17 years, Brian built it. It, not only into a national brand, but he also solidified himself as a business expert. And this business over time, it grew so big that, you know, it was hard for Brian to finance it. So he ultimately sold it to Decker's Outdoor Corporation. And the new team built upon the casual comfort theme and through style development, merchandising, great marketing, branding, they established UGG as an international fashion brand with sales exceeding $1 billion in 2011. 2012, and 2013. You know, at the end of the day, success and failure have brought a general wisdom to Brian that he has shared in his book, The Birth of a Brand. And noting that all businesses follow the same growth phases, he coined the phrase, you can't give birth to adults. Using this analogy of, of real life to business, he has a passion to share his experience in helping others understand where they are in their business growth and to help new entrepreneurs take that first step to finding the amazing happiness of self-employment. With that being said, Brian's response to his great success has been to give back to those behind him on a similar journey. For more than 20 years, he has been sought out by entrepreneurs asking, how did you build such a great brand? Because according to Brian, the fundamentals of business, they're universal. Brian is able to identify where newcomers are at in their business and has helped steer them to the next phase of their growth, whether it's entry level or mid-stage. And Brian now in his 60s, he keeps an active lifestyle. He's still surfing, snowboarding, running on the beach and doing yoga several times a week. And I know that's a mouthful, Brian, but I want to welcome you to the show, my friend. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Nathan. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for taking valuable time out of your evening to uh, to spend with me and and the listeners of the show. Brian, every interview that I conduct, uh, you know, I start right here. Tell us a little bit more about your story. What's your background? What's the backstory to Brian Smith and all of this? Well, I was uh, you know normal middle middle sort of you know uh, income kid in Australia, and uh, when I uh, was getting ready to graduate high school, though I was spending too much time playing rugby and chasing girls to get a, a pass that put me into university. So I had to get a full-time job working as an accountant uh, and go to night school. And, and, you know, back then, vocational guidance wasn't really a big deal, and I should never have been an accountant. But <laughs> bottom line is I stuck it out for, for 10 years because it, it took me that long to graduate because I was working full-time and you know, night school wasn't the best way to study, and but I didn't like accounting. I, right from the beginning, I should never have been in that business. And when I graduated, uh, the same week I quit being an accountant and uh, knew I was never going to conform to that sort of nine-to-five type thing. And I, I had this internal desire to find my own business. And one day I was listening to a Pink Floyd uh, album. I just you know, ripped the, the cellophane off this brand new album called Dark Side of the Moon. And, and the words in the second song were like, you know, staying home to watch the rain. You are young, life is long, and there is time to kill today. And I thought, oh, my God, he's speaking to me. And then it went on to say that, but then one day you find 10 years have got behind you. No one told you when to run. You missed the starting gun. 
And as soon as I heard that, I just got goosebumps and I realized, my God, you know, the, the 10 years I've been on in this accounting role have been sort of running in the spot. And so I, I tried to figure out what I wanted to do. And I realized that all the surf brands and all Levi jeans and waterbeds and all these new fads were coming out of California. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go to California and find the next big thing and bring it back to Australia. And so I, I came to California and uh, was here a month, you know, surfing at Malibu every day and another month and still hadn't found it and another month. And then, uh, you know, I was waiting for a buddy of mine to come down to go surfing and I was reading the latest issue of Surfer magazine and I, I was stopped dead on this one page and, and I got goosebumps, you know. I just thought, oh, my God, I'm looking at a photograph of this, these legs up in front of a fireplace well, place wearing sheepskin boots. And I went, oh, my God, there are no sheepskin boots in America. And at that time, one in two Australians had a pair or wore some sort of sheepskin boots. And and so that was really the, the, the birth of Argus when I called up the manufacturer who ran that ad and said, hey, I want to start bringing all those boots into America. You know, it's interesting uh, you talk about, you know, for one reason or another, when you look at business, I mean, we're, we're inspired by different things. And your inspiration, both of those examples, I mean, they come from some form of media. And the first example, you're talking about Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. You were inspired right. by lyrics and music. And then, then you're looking at a picture in a magazine. And yep. that ultimately gave birth to uh, – to Ugg Shoes. So how did you decide to, you know, found the company and ultimately bring that brand to America? So after you realized uh, that there's an opportunity here, what were some of the initial yeah. steps that you had to do to, to, to get that well, brand? The, the, the initial thought was, oh, my God, I'm going to be an instant millionaire. Uh, and so my, my buddy who came surfing arrived and we, we ended up going to Malibu because it was too early to call Australia. Um, so we, when we got back, it was now morning in Western Australia and we convinced the guy to let us be the distributors and we had no money so we had to borrow 500 bucks to send it down to get samples we got six pairs in and then my buddy Doug he was going to be the salesman and he went on the road for about a week and came back with 200 business cards of all the shoe retailers and not a single order and they told him you're crazy you can't do sheepskin in California and <laughs> After a while, I, you know, I thought they were wrong because, you know, this California climate's identical to Australia. But I right. figured out that, that all the people who thought it would be a great idea were all surfers. Uh, and it struck me that all the California surfers in the 70s, you know, the 60s and 70s, they'd all brought back a half a dozen pairs of boots for their buddies. So within the surf market, it was really well known. So... We uh, decided to go to the surf shops, and, and my buddy took the San Fernando Valley, and I took the coast. And you know, the first guy I walked into the surf shop, he says, "Oh my God, those UGG boots! You're going to make a fortune if you bring those into America." And I went to store after store after store, and they all said the same thing. You know, oh, my buddy brought some for me. I, I own a pair. Those things are the best. You guys are going to make a fortune. So. Doug and I regrouped and, and realized, you know, we're going to have to get some capital. And just right at that same time, my roommate overheard us. And, and one of the things I say in my book, which is it's called The Birth of a Brand, and it's a story is all about building up the Ugboot business. And um, one of the principles is that 
as soon as you start out on a path, the universe will conspire to work with you. And that's a very ancient saying, but the, you know, the, the truth of it was instantly we got 20 grand. We didn't even have a business plan. And so wow. we sent so 15,000 really... down to Australia and brought um, you know, 500 pairs of boots in. And so after they arrived, you know, we put them all in my third bedroom, which is now the International Warehouse. And uh, Doug loaded up. Hey, Brian, we're getting ready to go to. My... Hey, Brian, you got a second? What's that? Uh, yep. We're getting ready to run a commercial break here in seven seconds. So we're right here on Leading with Purpose okay. Empowering Talk Radio. This is Nathan Mitchell. We will be right back with Brian sure. Smith. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn Lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose. I'm your host, Nathan Mitchell. Before we get back to our interview with Brian Smith, the founder of Ugg Shoes and the author of The Birth of a Brand, Launching Your Entrepreneurial Passion and Soul, I'd like to invite all of you who are listening in to tonight's broadcast to connect with me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can find all of my social media sites and connect with me the easiest by simply visiting us at leadingwithpurposeradio.com. Brian, I want to welcome you back to the show. Sorry I had to cut you off a little bit for the commercial break. I'll try to do a better job. Of, uh, of queuing you for our next break, which will take place here in about 12 minutes or so. You know, right before no the commercial problem. break, you were, 
you were talking about this uh, this yeah, idea going of back how, on the road. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it, how the universe, so, law of attraction. Let, let, pick back up with that yep. story, sir. Yeah. So uh, we both hit the road with our cars full of product, and, and I went back down to the very first first shop I started with, you know, previously, and walked in and said, "Okay, how many do you want?" And he just looked at me and goes, "Oh, Brian, congratulations." You guys are going to make a fortune, but we couldn't sell them out of our store. We just sell surfboards and trunks and, and sandals, and, and, you know, you guys should try the shoe stores. And I went, oh, my God, and off to the next store. And, hey, Brian, congratulations. You guys are going to make a fortune. But, you know, we just sell surfboards and bikinis and, and sandals. We, we couldn't sell those out of our store. And then so began, the, you know, the longest week of my life is going back to all of these right. retailers. and. And Doug and I regrouped after the week, and we compared all of our orders. And and this was late November, so this was our first year's sale. You ready? 28 pairs, and it wow. just so happened to be exactly a thousand dollars. And uh, the the learning experience from that was uh, that there is no billion-dollar company listed on the stock exchange now, and, and UGG has been in the billions now for four or five years, and but no billion-dollar company ever got there without going through the $1,000 mark. And right. I became very philosophical after a few years on, on, you know, as it started to grow, and that's when I came up with the phrase that you can't give birth to adults because every business or service or religion or sitcom on TV starts with someone conceiving it, and then the birth happens. For Ugg, the birth was buying samples. And, but then it goes into this infancy, and it just lies there, and there's no amount of feeding it or shaking the cradle or urging it. This infant cannot get up and go to college. It has to be an infant. But it'll soon right. hit the toddling stage, and that's a cool phase for the business, you know, when people are starting to take notice of it, just getting the first orders and first articles are being written about it in magazines and on blogs and stuff. And then that'll go into use where you've got good sales, consistent production, good accounting, good shipping, you know, good sales force. And that's the best phase for every business. But if it's a really good product or service, it'll hit teenage years like Ugg did. And it gets out of control. Everybody wants a piece of it. It wants to be at every party in the country. And super, super dangerous period for every business. I almost lost control three different times of UGG during yeah. that teenage phase. But then the controls come in, you know, with all the accountants and the, the managers, and it becomes a mature company. But it's, uh, the, you know, it, this is one of the great things in my book where, where people, especially when I come off stage after speaking, they come up to me and go, oh, my God, thank you, Brian. I was about to give up on my company because I, I thought it was failing, but now I realize I'm just in the infancy or just toddling, you know. So it's a right. really, really good tool to measure where you are in your business. You know, and those people who come up to you, you know, after you're done speaking and, and they're talking about being in the infancy stage, I mean, at least those entrepreneurs, they – they were willing to take the leap and start something. And when it comes to small business yeah. and entrepreneurship, there, there's so many people that they're afraid to even take the first step because maybe they don't know how to do it or they, you know, all, all they can see is the negative. Uh, and there wasn't really a roadmap for you to follow either. So, I mean, during no this, way. especially, no what, what kept you going, Brian? Well, the, first of all, ignorance. Um, 
I, I believe that every entrepreneur has to have a certain level of ignorance or they'd never go into it. Because if I had have known, done a business plan and realized that UG was seasonal, you know, three months of selling, uh, the collections were horrible, that I had to really ramp up on inventory, um, and the, the fact that the Americans didn't get sheepskin like Australians do, you know, Australians know it's rugged and washable and, you know, you can't damage it. And Americans thought, oh, it's too delicate and hot and sweaty and prickly and we have mud and slush and that'll never work over, you know. So just all of these ignorant things kept me going. And uh, it, was, it was just always trying to step one step ahead of fear because the fear is what cripples people. You know, I, I hear people think, you know, say that, oh, I got this great idea, but, you know, I don't know how to get a business license. And I, I think to myself, give me a break. I mean, what a stupid reason not to start because right. the beauty of it is once you do start, the universe is full of information to help you. And I've got a great example. When's the last time, Nathan, you ever saw an advertisement for a refrigerator? You, know, you probably oh. can't even remember, right? But no, if you no. needed a refrigerator, you would see advertisements everywhere you looked for refrigerators. Yeah. And so the principle is the information is always there, but until you start on a path to be a dentist or a, a, an importer or a, a jeweler or whatever, you never see all of the information that's there. And, and that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. The minute you start, all this stuff just appears that you go, oh, my God, I could use that. Or, oh, my God, that's exactly where I want to. You know, so it's, it, if, if I could just use that example to urge people on the fence to take that step. It's, it's going to be the best step and the most exciting thing that will ever happen to you. So let's say here, and we've got a commercial break coming up in about four minutes. Um, so they've taken the step. They're starting. You know, they're using the law of attraction. The universe is responding to them. They're finding bits and pieces of things that they can use in their right. business. There, there's still this level of – you mentioned fear. Uh, so yep. anxiety, uncertainty, I mean, this really scares some people. I mean, could you share a story with the listeners this evening about how you used uncertainty and adversity to really help drive you forward and keep the momentum going? Yeah, well, it, it so happens that there's a, a thing in my I'm, – I'm surprised you use those exact words because in my book, I have these four statements that you know, I found in a, you know, some sort of philosophical book way, way back. And these are so important, they're, they're typed out and I carry them forward in my daily planner even today, right? That's 30 years later. And here they are. Feast upon uncertainty, fatten upon disappointment, enthuse over apparent defeat, and invigorate in the presence of difficulties. And, you know, these are all straight from my book. And every one of these takes you from being a victim mentality like, oh, why did that happen to me? Poor me. Why, you know, why me? And, and it puts you in control, like feast upon uncertainty. There, there were times where I swear I lost the business and it was irrevocably, you know, disastrously gone. And something would happen where, where I would, you know, some supplier would come through with product that I didn't think was ever going to happen and bam, I'm back in business again. And, you know, fattening on disappointment and, and the beauty, the best one is it goes over apparent defeat because... Defeat's not a real word until you, the, the instant you give up. Otherwise, it's just a concept. And as, as long as you keep overcoming 
obstacles and move up to the next level on the plateau and hit another wall, climb up and over it. That's what business and life is all about, is just overcoming these things that sort of rise up in front of you. And that's where growth happens. It happens in the business growth. It happens in personal growth. It happens in spiritual growth. And that's really what life is all about. It's not arriving at the end with a million bucks. It's all of the stuff that you do on right. the way. It's ultimately, it's kind of like this idea of it's almost like a rite of passage. I mean, it's almost like you have yeah, to go through yeah. the adversity. And then you mentioned that, you know, when you when you thought your business was going to go under, I mean, just all of a sudden, the business that you needed to be sustainable, I mean, it showed up when you needed it. Yeah, and I so, could have so, given up. Like Napoleon Hill yeah. talks about three feet from gold, you know. You, yeah. you, you just got to, and, and, and I tell you, Napoleon Hill's statement that, Going the extra mile uh, it was one of the principles. That saved me over and over because I could have given up a day before that supplier said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll send you product, you know. And so it's a, just amazing how, you know, Napoleon Hill has led me through my life. Yeah, that's a great book. That's a book that I recommend uh... – I, I still do some some teaching in the college environment myself, and and I share that right. with all of with all of our new students. Uh, it's just it's, yeah. it's it's required it's required reading. So, uh, yeah. what are some of the before we go to our next break? What are some of the life lessons that you ultimately come away with from an experience like that? We got two minutes before the next commercial break. Okay, um, the the best thing I can think of is just to you know, when you are in business. Just keep plodding away, doing the right thing every day and trying to make your business a little bit stronger every day. And, uh, you know, I use a couple of examples from the stage where, you know, I talk about this company, Blue Ribbon Shoes up in Oregon, that were advertising in all the athletic department running magazines and things because they were importing these running shoes made out of nylon and rubber from Japan called Blue Ribbon. And then the sport of jogging took off and they changed their name to Nike and just got sucked into this mm. incredible void. But, but up until that time, they'd just been plodding along. And another one was the company in Santa Monica importing these little white leather shoes from England and advertising in the cheerleading magazines and, you know, dance studios. And then the sport of aerobics took off and that company was Reebok and they got sucked into, oh. you know, hundreds of millions of sales. And, the whole principle was, you know, that the quickest way for a tadpole to become a frog is live every day happily as a tadpole. And both Nike and Reebok were tadpoles for so long until the market shifted, and bam, instantly they become frogs. You know, so that, that to yeah, me is almost... one of the one of the best statements of being patient and just looking after your business on a daily basis. Yeah, it's that whole idea of, you know just enjoying the moment and it's all about who you become in the process. Yeah. And Brian, when we get back from the commercial break, uh, we're going to commercial here in about 20 seconds. Uh, okay. this shows, we talk about leadership. I want to talk about, you know, how you went about selecting a team and when you were hiring people to be a part of your team, what kinds of things do you look for? This is Nathan Mitchell. We're on leading with purpose radio with Brian Smith. We will be right back after this short break. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. 
If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Shh, listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose. I'm your host, Nathan Mitchell. Before we get back to our interview with Brian Smith, founder of Uck Shoes and author of The Birth of a Brand, Launching Your Entrepreneurial Passion and Soul, I'd like to invite all of you listening in to tonight's show to subscribe to my free monthly email newsletter. You can do that by visiting clutchconsulting.net to sign up for your free subscription today. Brian, welcome back to the show. And before we get into talking about the importance of building a team, because you and I both know it's it's impossible to achieve success uh, simply based on your own merits and efforts. Uh, I want, want to talk right. your, about your book for just a moment. Where can the listeners of tonight's show, where they can get a copy of The Birth of a Brand? It's basically on Amazon. It, there's a Kindle and a hard copy version, and uh, it's uh, it's doing really well. It's, it's Because it's such a, a sort of a call to action for entrepreneurs and it's a roadmap for all those people already in business, um, it's, it's, you know, really inspirational. So, and it, it's, uh, it, everybody tells me it's a page turner, and I think it's because they're not sure I'm going to be around next chapter. Yeah, I saw that uh, Jim Stovall gave you a great recommendation, uh, testimonial uh-huh. for your book. Uh, I actually, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Jim Stovall is here in my backyard, and I've had. Oh, great, uh, yeah. Numerous, numerous meetings with uh, Jim across his desk, and he's an extraordinary individual. So I thought that was really cool when I saw that. Yeah, no, he, he, uh, he really loved it, yeah. So 
that's where they find your book. Let's say there's an organization out there like, okay, we got this founder of Ugg Shoes, Brian Smith. We got to get this guy into our organization. Where, they, where can they find more information about you to perhaps bring you in to speak? I'd love that. Um, the website is Brian Smith Speaker. That's B R I A N, Brian Smith Speaker.com. And you can uh, get to me through there. And uh, I love talking, especially at colleges, but I also do a lot of big stage speaking. I, I, in June, I was at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce National Convention in Washington, D.C. So, you know, wow. I, can, I can speak from the top stage all the way through to colleges. Well, Brian, let's talk about selecting a team. Uh, Okay. As I mentioned right back from the commercial break, you know, seldom, if any time, does anybody achieve success based on their own merits. So when you were selecting a team, you know, when you were hiring people to be a part of the UGG brand, what, what were some of the things that you were looking for? Well, i got to tell you, it's an unusual situation because for the first five years, uh, UGG was seasonal. Like we, the sales would be October, November, December, and we'd ship those months, collect money January, February, March, and then I would be working construction uh, all summer or washing boats at Marina Del Rey or, you know, um, I, I had summer jobs. I worked on a golf course for a summer. Uh, so for the first four or five years, UGG didn't pay, and uh, it, it, it paid, like, really well for three months. But then I had to survive. So it wasn't until about the fifth, season when we got sales up to about half a million bucks that I was able to afford to have somebody. And my first hire was uh, somebody who sent a resume. And, and when I read it, I thought, oh, my God, this person is me uh, because he'd started his own little clothing brand and he had grown it to where it got sort of a little bit too big for him. And, and he realized the seasonality of his problem. And what I was suffering from that I was spending so much time on the road doing sales and, and trade shows and things that I needed somebody to take that over and uh, I could spend more time on the planning and the you know product development and, and marketing. And so the first hire I had was purely selfish to get me myself freed up. And, and I think it's a pretty good principle for anybody in any business that the first hire should be someone who can free you up from the actual doing the business into running the business. And it's a super important distinction. And so after that, the next one was an accountant because I got sick of doing all of the, the, the invoicing and billing and chasing collections and all that sort of stuff. And then the third hire I did was a warehouse person. But again, that was seasonal. So we, we would only need them for a month or two, maybe three months. And then we'd have to let him go. And I'd say it's probably six years before I had a full-time warehouse staff where they actually had enough to do during the off-season. So uh, I know the answer you wanted to hear was, you know, do they have good character or do they have, you know, you know, degrees from university and all that sort of stuff. And it was many, many years before I even had to worry about that. I, I just looked for positions or, or I looked for functions in the business that weren't operating as slick as I would like. And remember, I used to be an accountant for 10 years. Most of that was auditing. So I knew running into business, I, I just had a sixth sense for when a business was running well and I could see areas that weren't functioning 
properly, and I, I use that skill to look at my own business and say, okay, there's a, there's a big problem in, in the warehouse with X, Y, Z. And that's when I would start to look for people with the skills to, to be able to handle that. And the same with sales, you know, getting sales forces on board uh, was a, another skill that, that I really didn't have. But by hiring Tom, my first guy, he was able to bring in some really good salespeople. So for me, it was very organic. And even when the company got up to the 5 million, 10 million, 15 million stage, then uh, getting administrators in and chief operating officers became more of a task. But there were other elements. And usually when I got new investors in, uh, there were staff that came along with that, mostly good. But I had a few nightmares uh, because of that as well. You know, you actually have some extraordinary teaching points, and, and, you know, I wasn't looking for character and those types of things. I mean, what I loved about your answer is you talked about the first five years in your business, and really, Brian, you had kind of what you call a portfolio career, right? I mean, because right. you weren't – I mean, you weren't just three, – three months out of the year, sales were good for you. But what I loved about yeah. what you said is you weren't afraid to do what you needed to do the other nine months of the year – in order to keep everything afloat. So, I mean, you look at a lot yeah. of entrepreneurs and they had this great business idea. They start the business and then the next thing you know, they're leaving their secure job, completely walking away from it. And I mean, I, I kind of hear the opposite. I mean, is that good advice? I mean, should somebody have a solid foundation? You know, did you did what you well, needed to do, whether it was working weekends or whatever. Should they have a solid foundation when they start an entrepreneurial venture? Um, not always. Um, the the trends, are, you know, what, what we read in the media and all the business Inc. magazines and success magazines is these kids who get, you know, $2 million worth of funding and they just start, right? And then you, you hear about the successful ones, you never really hear much about the failures. But right. that's, that's a difficult way to go. Remember, you can't give birth to adults. If you don't go through that infancy and really have to stretch to make the infancy work and you've got all the money like if i had had two million bucks when i started Arg, i would have blown 1.9 million on useless advertising and marketing and stuff and still never right. got ahead because the, the market wasn't ready for it remember americans didn't understand sheepskin so right. so a lot of these a lot of these internet businesses and and you know technology businesses you know they get a lot of people to put a bunch of money in but they haven't developed the the product or been through the hard times remember like Steve Jobs and and I forget the guy's name who started with him in the garage you know they they spent years trying to get a product right before they ever got any real money in and that's what's missing today in a lot of the people, people's expectations. The, I swear the best businesses are those that you bootstrap with your own money or your family's money or whoever will give you some money to get started. And you put in those grunt years getting it right first. And that's when you really need to go and look for the money. That, that's pretty much what I did. So when it comes to money, I mean, eventually you, you decided to sell the UGG brand, and we've got just a few minutes before the commercial break. I think we're at three minutes, Brian. Uh, okay. You sold the brand to Deckers, which is a publicly traded company. How did you know it was the right time to do that? Okay. Well, by this stage, we're doing about 
15 million in sales, right? And, you know, the previous year. And we were just from the, from the buzz, from the sales force, like we did all the trade shows in January and February. And the sales reps, you know, I had about 56 sales reps at this time all over the country. And the orders coming in were so strong that I was predicting a $20 million season coming up. But unfortunately, the, when a company gets that big without a lot of capital, we can remember I started with a borrowed 500 bucks, right? So right. I was always relying on the credit of the, of the suppliers. And, and I mean, once the, the, the problem was we got so big that, that the, the manufacturers had to start building product in January, February, March, April, May, June to get enough product to ship to us in July, August, September for the shipping. And it suddenly became millions and millions of dollars of risk that they were taking. And it, it got too big. So I realized that I, I had a very small chance of raising capital to finance the production. And even at 15 million, the banks kept saying, ah, oh, this is a fad. This won't be around next year. And the investment bankers, oh, you've been lucky. It's a fad. It won't be around next year. And so I knew that I wasn't going to be able to finance it. Well, coincidentally, when I was selling boots out of the back of my van at Malibu, there was another guy selling sandals out of the back of his van at Malibu. And we crossed paths for 15 years. And he built up his business and, and took on a brand called Teva or Teva Sandals. Yep. And, he took, yep. and he took them public. And so I knew Doug had about, you know, 20, 30 million bucks in the bank. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to finance UGG. And so by pure coincidence, I, I was in the baggage claim at Atlanta Airport. And Doug was up at the other end of the baggage claim. And, and I got goosebumps again. And I, I thought, oh, my God, it's perfect. And so I walked up to him and I said, hey, Doug, you know, he, he'd tried to buy us a couple of times. And I said, Doug, if ever we're going to do this, now's the time. And we put the two companies together and he used to die every winter. Our company died every summer. And now we had a 12-month shipping, billing, sales account. Everything was just perfect. And so it was well, Brian, like I took our public without even having to go. Okay. All right, uh, going to commercial break. This is Nathan Mitchell here on Leading with Purpose and Powering Talk Radio. I got Brian Smith on tonight's broadcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio, and your host, Nathan R. Mitchell, returns after this short break. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. 
What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Are you wanting to get better business results, better leadership skills faster? Then this is where you need to be. Welcome back to Leading with Purpose with Empowerment Coach and Founder of Clutch Consulting, Nathan R. Mitchell. With more of today's insight for effective leadership, host Nathan R. Mitchell. Hey, welcome back to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nathan R. Mitchell. Uh, we're here with Brian Smith, the founder of Ugg Shoes tonight. It's a great, great show. Brian is just throwing gems left and right for all you listeners tonight. And for those of you who aren't listening in live tonight, you'll get to experience this on the podcast download. But he's the founder of Ugg Shoes. He's also the author of the fantastic book, The Birth of a Brand, Launching Your Entrepreneurial Passion and Soul. Brian, welcome back to the show. We've got about 10 minutes left before uh, before the end of the broadcast. I want to ask you this real quick. Did luck play any part in your success? Well, luck, I, I like to think of it as karma. You know, the... Uh, there were lots of things that happened. Uh, one was uh, um, I, I was trying to get uh, sort of a national audience because we'd been in niches. You know, we were big in surfing and, and skiing and snowboarding and hockey and all these different niches, but I wanted to get a national image going. And so I um, was sitting on a plane coming home from back east somewhere and, and and the girl next to me was reading People magazine and Us magazine, and I'm, I'm seeing all these stars wearing all this apparel in Hollywood and Los Angeles and, and you know New York, and I'm thinking, how do we get into those? And I was, and my buddy Doug said, well, why don't you try the stylist? And I said, what the hell is stylist? And he goes, well, it's all the people in Hollywood who do the makeup and the wardrobe and the hairdos. And, and so I found a mailing list and sent it out to about 400 of these people and said, if you want a free pair of Uggs, give me a call. And oh, wow. so I, I did, and, and, and about 40 of them responded. And I, so I sent 40 pairs of free Ugg boots out. And it was amazing, but after uh, a year or two, we started seeing all these sitcoms, and then, you know, people are calling us up going, hey, I saw so-and-so on TV last night wearing Uggs, you know. And so bit by bit, that sort of started to take off. And uh, there was a time when I was in, in uh, I wanted to get to... Uh, into the USA Today lifestyle front page. And I was 
I was in the office. Uh, we prepared all these you know, press kits and, and samples and everything, and and I was uh, in their office at, at five to three because our appointment was at three. And Margaret, the the fashion editor, came out going, "Oh my God, Brian, I'm so sorry. I've got a conference call at three. I've only got five minutes, you know." And so all of this stuff that I'd prepared was useless because it was about a one-hour presentation. So right. instinctively, I just reached into my briefcase and I pulled out this file and it had all these stars, you know, of, of um, you know Patrick Swayze and and Sting and Neil Young and and uh, Tom Petty, you know, all these all these personalities. And and then there was one of Pamela Sue Anderson. I, I quickly flicked by that. She did, you know, she goes, "Hey, what was that? Give me that." And she took down the, the name of this tabloid that it was from, and, and because I, I didn't think wearing a red swimsuit on the beach with Ugg boots was a you know, pretty good style. But she, anyway, <laughs> the next day I, I uh, am leaving Chicago, and, and I get the USA Today, and I, I thought I'd totally blown it, you know, when, when she had to leave after about four minutes. And here's right. this front-page lifestyle thing of USA Today, uh, with this incredible article, two pages all about Ugg boots, sheepskin, and everything. So, you know that that you could say was luck, um, but it was a lot of karma in the fact that we'd really prepared for all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And the, uh, another really good story is um, for for about four or five years we kept shipping this twenty pairs of boots to this lady in England because, you know, she would call us up and and. Her name was Trudy, and she wanted us to send all these boots to all these different people all over England. And it was a real pain in the butt, but we did it anyway. And one day she calls up and says, oh, my God, Brian. And this is right near the end, right as I was selling the business. My God, Brian, I just been to this seminar, and it's changed my life. And and I want you to get the most perfect pair of size, whatever, tall sand Uggs, and here's the address to send it to. And I get a pen and she says, Oprah, care of Oprah Winfrey show, you know. And that led to Oprah falling in love with Ugboot and getting us on the Best Picks for Christmas TV show, which was like 20 minutes on international TV with nothing but Ugboots for 20 minutes. And she did that two years in a row and Oprah's wow. favorite things. And so, so these are things that were just like you could not have paid to get that much airtime on Oprah. And these were just fluky things that you could call luck. But, again, it's all part of the karma, you know. And and eventually those stylists paid off because every tabloid that you looked at uh, was full of, you know, Cameron Diaz or Jennifer Aniston all wearing Ugg boots on the streets of Hollywood. So, so you know, all of that stuff, comes. you could call it luck. But, you know, anyone who's in business knows they just got to keep trying and trying and trying and, and that yep. Oprah for me was like jogging for Nike or aerobics for, for uh, you know, for Reebok. You know, it was just those freaky things. But but I'd been plodding along every day for years and years and years, and finally, it took off. Yeah, we were planting seeds and taking action. And I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, universe started throwing some blessings your way. We've got just a yeah. few minutes, about four minutes, four or five minutes before the end of the show here, Brian. Uh, a couple okay. of last few questions for you. Who inspires and motivates you? And then, you know, what are you doing these days? What's your latest passion? Okay, well, my inspiration isn't anybody in business. So, you know, I, I've got a very deep spiritual side that comes through in my book. My book's got all my 
my you know spirituality and philosophy all the way through it. So that, that's what makes it different from an average business book. But Nelson Mandela is my hero because he was able to be persecuted for so long and came out of prison without any hatred or you know anger or revenge. Uh, and that's something I, I aspire to in my life, that no matter what happens, I can rise above it and just see the beauty and love in everything. So that was probably an unexpected answer. <laughs> that's how no, I Oh, that's feel. a great answer. Thanks. Uh, what and what that, motivates you? Um, yeah, that's what does motivate me. Motivating me is, is just that, that love of humanity and wanting to help people. That's why I wrote the book, and that's what I get my kicks out of. So... As to what I'm doing now, I, I have a new passion. I, I had a really hard time turning 60, and I had to try and figure out why that was. And it was because all the media and all of the, the information you read, like AARP and all these other organizations, say when you're over 50, you're like on the downhill side to retirement, and, and you know that ultimately means death. You know, And I, I feel so differently that, we're all living so much longer these days that, that, you know, 50 is like the beginning of the next best half of your life. And, we, right. you know, I'm in my 60s. I've got so much energy and so much, you know, curiosity and, and, and you know, ability to, and so much knowledge and stuff to help pass on. That So I'm, I'm about to launch a, a membership website, which was, you know, the, like almost the anti-AARP because... I just want young, thinking, healthy, and, and you know, active, you know, 50s and 60s people. And there's a hundred million of us to have a really good forum, and and I want this website to be the go-to website for, you know, finding new things to do and and having new people to meet and and helping people find new jobs, helping them change their their careers. You know, if they're leaving one career, uh, finding a new job, or moms who whose kids are out of school now. Uh, you know, they're off to college and they, they put their, their career on hold. It's, you know, it's a forum for them to come on board. And what I've called this study, like in Australia, a huge wave is called a boomer. You know, we, we'd be out surfing and someone yell out, hey, there's a boomer out the back, you know, and we'd all start right. scrambling for the horizon so we didn't get closed out. You know? And so I've called these people the boomers and there's boomerpreneurs. And so I want my website to just attract these 100 million people who are not going to die, that are going to live into their 70s and 80s and 90s, and that's like 40 more years. And you can't retire for 40 years, not just financially. You can't retire and let your brain disappear for 40 years, you know? So I see this this whole new uh, 50-plus market as a huge, new, active, healthy positive, productive group of people, and I want to be at the forefront leading them, you know? Yeah, so are you finding that people of this age, I mean, are they going through a lot of career transition now or trying to find new opportunities? Yeah, most are because they've, they've done their, their stint with the corporation, and, uh, you know, for those who stick with it, you know, for, for a 30-year career, great. But those careers don't exist anymore. You know, corporations no. don't hire for life anymore. So no, they as don't. they retire, they're, they're really pretty much stuck out there trying to find something to do that's more entrepreneurial. And you look at how many coaches there are now and how many people who are using their expertise, their wisdom and their, their skills to go in and help other people 
start. You know, the, the coaching business is booming and there are so many franchises now that are tailor-made for people who might have been engineers and now there's a franchise for, you know, electronics businesses and there might have been construction people who retired and now there are franchises for, you know, handyman, home improvement, all, all, you know, plumbing, all that, all sorts of stuff where they can still use the skills they had but be in business for themselves. And so my website is going to be a conduit to help people find what their, 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 their wish is, you know, what their why is, and then find a way through my website to channel it to the sort of vocations that they can pick up on. I think it's really exciting. I'm so stoked about it. Well, you should be, Brian. I mean, I, I can just tell, you know, I hear the passion in your voice. Uh, the, the passion is definitely in your book, The Birth of a Brand, and I think you're doing fantastic work. I mean, you're not only uh, helping the, the young, up-and-coming entrepreneurs, but you're focused on, uh, you know, the people for one reason or another, they've reached halftime, right? They're at halftime yep. in their life, and they want to make the second half of their life the best it possibly can be. And regardless of your age, I mean, you can make an extraordinary impact on the world. And what I loved about what you said, and there's a reason why I call this show Leading with Purpose, is because it's about finding your why. And when you find what your why yep. is and you know what your purpose is, it makes life so much more meaningful and you have such a better opportunity uh, to make an impact on the world. And with that, Brian, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a guest on the show. I know your time is valuable. Uh, so I appreciate you taking an hour out of your evening to spend with me and my guests on the broadcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, Nathan, I couldn't spend it in a better way. Thanks so much for having me on. You're welcome, sir. Have a great evening. I appreciate you. Okay. Likewise. Bye-bye. Good night. Thank you, everybody. You're listening to Nathan Mitchell on Leading with Purpose Empowering Talk Radio. We've got some great guests coming for you in October, so make sure you stay tuned right here on TogiNet Radio. Have a great evening. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Leading with Purpose, Empowering Talk Radio with host Nathan R. Mitchell. To learn how Nathan can help you get better business results and lead you to your full potential faster, visit Clutch Consulting on the web at www.clutchconsulting.net. You can also download episodes of the 